Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Hires of Marketing and Jen Cole with Pick Media and Social Media Examiner. Facebook world. Welcome to episode 43 of Making a Marketer. We had a little go live glitch, which Stephanie Liu will appreciate that I'm still using go live and haven't actually gone over to Ecamm, but now I might go to StreamYard. So it's all up in the air. Hello, Mike Alton. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I was just sharing our new, fresh, unscheduled Broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, let's see if it's on my page. At least we know. It is. I just shared it. So we okay, are cool. live. All right. Right on. Thank you for that. Today with Mr. Alton, we are talking about blogging. He is a blogger extraordinaire. He is also a word nerd like myself. So I want to show my shirt. It says, can you read it? Fashionably, Fashionably latte. latte. Which Very actually nice. is appropriate for us starting this live late. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good pun, especially if it's on a t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read Mike's intro. Oh, and I first want to mention that this show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. And we provide strategic marketing development execution for small to medium-sized businesses. Okay. And who are you? Mike, what's that? Who are you? I'm Megan Powers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. It's like it's my first time, you know, you think that I haven't done like 55, you know, I think tech difficulties kind of like, kind of throw me for a loop. So thank you for that. I did mention, I did mention to Mike earlier that sometimes I forget to say my name. Like I just assume it's in the intro and people are going to know. So yes, I am Megan Powers. Thanks for asking (laughs) who I am. (laughs) I'm going to read Mike's bio here uh, real quick and I'm going to let him fill in the blank because he does so many things. All right. He lives in Missouri, just outside St. Louis. He is a brand evangelist at Agora Pulse. He is a content marketing practitioner at Social Media Hat and co-founder at 360 Marketing Squad. He teaches businesses the best strategies and tactics to use and the best tools to finally get positive results. He firmly believes everything falls within the umbrella of content marketing, using content in various forms across multiple channels to reach a growing audience. So with the three hats you're currently wearing, I'm going to let you pick one of them to talk about real quick to describe. Which do you want to promote today? <laughs> well, yeah, amongst my many hats, uh, the one that's probably the most appropriate and that you didn't mention is the blogging brute. And we may talk about this a little oh. bit more later as to why this even exists. But I have a whole nother blog called blogging brute, bloggingbrute.com. Okay. And that's where I put everything that is about blogging and content marketing as you know, articles and resources and that sort of thing for people who want to learn and improve. Amazing. Okay. So for some reason, I thought that fell under the social media hat. Well, interestingly, most of the content that's on Blogging Brute was originally published on the socialmediahat.com and I migrated it all okay. almost a year ago. Oh, right on. Okay. So with live video, as we're doing today, for the last two years, it's been the mantra, right? Video's hot. Video, video, video. Got to use video. And so I feel some people have scaled back in their blogging, So, which is part of the impetus for me wanting to do this show on this topic. But before I get into that, I had a conversation with someone the other day who um, recently decided 
to leave his full-time gig for his side hustle. He's a, a personal trainer. In the next couple of weeks, he said he gave his two weeks notice. And then he said he's been researching ClickFunnels and was thinking that he didn't need a website. So I, of course, told him, you must have a website. But I wanted to, I wanted to get Mike Alton's version of why he's going to, he, I think he can't watch this live. So he'll, he'll be listening to the replay, but can you, what's your perspective on, um, needing a website or not? <laughs> well, as you saw, and, and, and if those of you are listening, uh, you know, you, you obviously didn't see my eyes get really big. When <laughs> that said, doesn't play well on audio podcast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you have to have a website. You have to own your own property. You have to own your own content. This is great what we're doing here. This Facebook Live, I'm a huge advocate for. As much as I love to write and, and love blogging, I think live video is fabulous. But we don't own this. And if your Facebook page gets shut down tomorrow, it's gone. You don't right. own that content. You don't have that audience there. Not like you would if you had a website, if you've been building content on a website and if you've been leading people into that platform. To say nothing of the fact that we're broadcasting live on Facebook, which is owned by Facebook. It doesn't say Megan Powers or Powers of Marketing or, you know, making of a marketer or anything like that at the top right. of everybody's browser. It says Facebook. And so when I'm consuming content on Facebook's platform, I'm surrounded and constantly inundated by things that are about that platform and driving revenue for that platform, not for my own. Right. And that's at the heart of what I, I told him. I said, you, everything else is borrowed land outside of your email and your website. And so mm-hmm. this click funnel thing, why, why, while it might work for him, it can't be the only game in town. So you just kind of reaffirm <laughs> what I told him. <laughs> so Jarek, get a website. I can help you. I won't charge you or anything. He's like family. So um, I'll help him out with that. Okay. So I said in the age of video, why would you say that blogging is still a key piece of content to have in your uh, content plans? Oh my gosh. So... <laughs> I know it's only a half hour show and I have several questions. <laughs> no, I, I do a three hour workshop on this topic. In fact. I know. Um, I do that to my guests often. There's a lot to be said for yeah. creating written content. And before we even get into that, I think it might be important to clarify and differentiate between blogging and content marketing. Because okay. when I say blogging, when someone else says blogging, a lot of times they're thinking about the side hustle that you mentioned, somebody who's a personal trainer or they're traveling or they're you know creating food and sharing recipes, that sort of thing. And they're blogging about that thing that they're passionate about. They are a blogger, whether it's part-time or full-time or so on. And that comes with it a certain mentality, a certain business model, even a certain connotation, right? They're creating content for another purpose than to get people to read it and then to earn some revenue out of that content, which is different from a business that wants to use content to market that business, whether it's a local service provider or a corporate SaaS, like a Gorpals where I come from, Selling of content and driving traffic and maybe even earning revenue out of the content, like through advertising, something like that, that's not the business model. So right. there's two different avenues and two different schools of thought when it comes to that content. Now, I could talk about either, and neither one of them is dead. Neither one of them is being replaced anytime soon by any other form of content, whether it's video or audio or so on. But usually what I talk about is the latter, the content marketing, because while I talk about myself like a blogger, I don't consider myself a traditional blogger in that first 
genre. I have a full-time job. I've got some side gigs. And usually if I've monetized my content at all, it's to create service opportunities for myself, consulting gigs, essentially. So content isn't dead. Right. And we can just, you know, stop the show right there. I mean, that's, right. that's the interesting question, right? <laughs> Boom. Content my, isn't my dead. Job. Right. <laughs> so I say that because first and foremost, the number one search engine in the world is Google. And if anyone goes to Google today and Google's a question, which is what makes up most of our searches, right? You're going to come up with text results, whether they're pages, whether they're FAQs or blog posts of some kind. It's text results that are fueling search traffic. Now, you're not going to see as much results out of social media as we did as recently as four or five years ago. I used to get a ton of traffic from social media, just through right. me, myself and other people sharing the content that I was creating. Those days are long gone. But search is still an important driving factor for content and for marketing results. So it's important to have written content. Now, that's not to say you have to start there. I talk all the time about people who want to start with video, like exactly what we're doing right now. Interview somebody else in a live video format and then repurpose that into literally 26 different pieces of content. That's great. great. And if you are guiding the interviews in a way that's going to make sure that you're answering the questions your audience wants to know and your search potential audience wants to know, that's great. That's great content. And you should be turning that into audio and written content. But the written part's got to be there. And we were talking earlier, I forget now what, because I don't remember what we talked about five minutes ago, but we were talking about <laughs> a question that has been answered as part of another piece of content. And if it's part of a video, yeah, you can send somebody to five minutes into a video, but that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do. It's much better if you have a piece of written content and you can direct them directly in that piece of content. Here, go down here. Oh, I know what it was. It was the DSL article is before the call. Oh, okay. You yeah. were talking about the DSL article, how to use a DSLR to make your live stream magical. It's an article that I wrote on Stephanie's blog. And it's a big piece of content. Yeah. I mean, it's really long. But one part in there towards the end is how I happened to use a Behringer mixer attached mm -hmm. to this microphone. So I've directed people specifically to that part of the article because they want to know, okay, Mike, how do you get your audio sounding so good? Because I see you're just using a $70 mic from Amazon. I've got the same mic. My audio doesn't sound like yours. I'm like, well, that's because I'm also using an $80 mixer. Here's how to set that up. So when you've got a piece of content like that, it's really easy to use that as a frame of reference as a resource for friends, colleagues, customers, prospects on social media. Right. Would you pull that piece out and make it its own? Or like to try to repurpose since that's been a key thing that people have been asking you about. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Do, you can do a couple of different things. You can create, I'm going to get a little techie here, an HTML anchor tag, right? Oh. Which is just basically a link directly to that spot in the article. And with longer articles, that's always a good idea. If you're talking about 5,000 words or more, you're probably covering a lot of topics in that particular resource. Create yourself a little table of contents at the top and some Ooh, anchor like throughout so that anybody can navigate their way through that article. And certainly for yourself, you can link directly to that. But if you find, as I have, that certain parts of other pieces of content are being referenced or need to be referenced more easily time and time again, and an interview is a great example, right? If we talk for an hour 
that's like 10,000 words of content. That's a massive piece of content that you might publish someplace. And you might want to break that up into, you know, the five, six or seven things that we talked about at a, at a higher level. Yeah, I need to drink the Kool-Aid myself. And I've talked about this on the show before, you know, I'm serving cl- my clients. And so the bulk of my time is spent serving my clients and doing this show. I love it. And there's so there's like just this wealth of crazy good information that all our guests have shared with us that I should be doing something else with. There are just not enough hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, and that is, of course, the problem. If you, Particularly if you're going right. live on a regular basis like you do, that's a lot of video content. That's a lot of time that has to be spent transcribing it and summarizing and publishing. And I, I get it. That's That's a lot of work. So this show is short, but the other episodes are longer. So every other one is an hour. And this one is video, but the others are not. So, but we mm. do pull the audio and put it on the podcast. So this was my way to not lose traction. I can't do a weekly, but only monthly is not quite enough to continue to build the audience. So that's why I added this. And then if I only have one guest and I don't have co-hosts on, then I'm only managing two people's schedules and that kind of thing. So, yeah. okay, awesome. All right. Well, already so much information. Okay. <laughs> so I have, I have for you this question that might be difficult to answer, but what do you think is the most important KPI from a blog post? What result would should people be looking for? Well, there's kind of two things to think about. And the first one, I'm afraid, is going to, have to be very vague. <laughs> the first okay. one is a bottom line business result, whatever that is for you, right? So right. for me personally, at the social media hat, my only bottom line business result, typically speaking, is subscribers. That's all I really want to do is build up subscribers through the site because with the email list, then I can do other things. Obviously, your business and your mileage may vary. You might want leads. You might want people to literally pick up the phone. Does anybody do this anymore? Pick up the phone <laughs> and call in for appointment or, or something like that. Or you might want them to purchase a widget of some kind. Whatever that is, that's a bottom line business result. And you absolutely should be measuring what your content does to help drive the needle against those results. And if possible, and this is hard and it takes a little extra work, but if possible, you should be looking at what each individual piece of content that you publish does to help drive those results. And you can do that within Google Analytics by setting up events and being very deliberate about how you do things on the site. Just takes a little bit of foresight and a little extra effort, but it's totally possible. And it becomes then very informative when you have a bunch of content. Let's say you publish 20, 50, 100 pieces of content. And now you can look at your Google Analytics and you can see how much traffic each one of those pieces of content is bringing in organically. And as a result of that, what kind of results are you seeing? So that leads into the second KPI, which is universal, and that is organic traffic. How much organic traffic is each particular piece of content bringing in? All right. Well, yeah, we could do a whole show on on Google Analytics and keywords and all that kind of good stuff. Would you say that including your long tail keywords and like all these, like, I know we just should write good content right? Like period. Um, (laughs) There are certain ways, right? That you should try to phrase things so that they get more traffic. That is absolutely true. And what I typically recommend folks do is take the time to research the actual questions people are asking. I mean, Stephanie, I I see her in in the comments. She has this great formula, her 10 by 10 formula, which she's got segments on. She's probably been on your show and talked about it. The 10 FAQs and the 10 should ask questions and that's fantastic. Then take some of that, go into SEM Rush 
and look at what the actual data is. How many people are actually going to Google and searching on those particular questions? Because those are the topics you should be writing about. Now, the actual phrases that you use, there's a little bit of leeway and flexibility there. You may not necessarily have to use the exact five words, right. at least repeated, right? You can vary those up because Google is, frankly, getting better and better at what we call semantic search. Google understands, you know, cat and kitten and feline are basically the same thing. And so you can use those three words interchangeably throughout your content and Google will get it. They're like, okay, Mike, I know what you're talking about. You don't have to keep saying cat every time. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. SEM rush. That's a great tip. Funny. I was doing research for a potential client uh, restaurant and uh, search and SEM rush. And I'm still getting email on how bad their, their, um, <laughs> their stats are. I did not get the business. So that's why it's still bad. Just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. If they had hired me, no. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. So, and I know this might be tough, but what would your top three suggestions be for developing good blog posts? Ooh, top three. Well, this isn't tough. I got to tell you, you got to come up with some tougher questions if you think that's tough. <laughs> <clears throat> so, all right. Number one. I mean, I knew I have never asked a guest question they don't know the answer to, so that's. You know. <laughs> well, I'm not afraid to admit I don't know something. That's happened uh, right. once. Start with, <laughs> that's my number one tip. Uh, start with what you know. If you want to write about something and you are having to go out and research and learn about what it is you're writing about, you are literally barking up the wrong tree. You should be drawing on what's already in here, drawing on your past experience in your business with your customers, with your within your industry, because that's what's going to allow you to shine and you really come out as an individual or as a brand. So start there. It's going to save you time. The writing itself is going to be so, so much easier. So that's number one. And it's probably the most important thing. The second thing is to do what we were just talking about a, a moment ago, which is to take the time up front to research what your customers want to know and what your, more importantly, prospects want to know about. What are they actually searching on that you can answer? So write from what you know, answer the questions that you can, and then tie it all up and make sure that it funnels into actual business results. Now, that might mean creating a lot of content. And I talk about this a lot in creating, I call them pyramids. And I'm going to get a little geeky here for you guys for a moment. If you think about a traditional sales funnel, at the top of the sales funnel, you have a lot of brand awareness things going on. And when we're talking about like blog content or creating any kind of content, this is this is great top of funnel brand awareness content that we're creating right now. If you've never seen me, if you've never seen Megan on a show, you just happened to catch us in the in the stream. Now you're tuning in, you're learning about us for the first time. You're learning about the value that Megan brings with her shows by bringing on all these guests and experts. And you're learning that she can use SEMrush and she can build websites and she can help you do all those things. That's all very top of funnel stuff. And eventually you will kind of begin to understand that, okay, actually I should be thinking about hiring somebody like Megan because I'm not measuring anything and, and I don't have a website, but I've got a business and I need these things. And ultimately you'll get to the bottom of the funnel, which means that You've decided that you need to do these things, and now you're just comparing and contrasting between Megan and maybe a couple of the people that you know or have heard about or researched to solve that particular thing for you. Now, turn that upside-down funnel back around, and now you have a triangle. I call it a pyramid because I cheat in my metaphors. So. <laughs> 
That's how I tell businesses to structure their content. They create blog content that establishes brand awareness and begins to establish authority and trust. And then you can create pages that dive deep into topics of interest to your customers that relate to your brand and funnel people up into a page that sells something of value to your business, whether it's you know, one of your top services or one of your products or something like that. That's how I organize content. And that's how I suggest people think about it. So answer things that you know, based on your own experience and knowledge, answer the questions that your customers are asking and use all of that to funnel them into something that's going to help drive business results. Boom. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, Come on. And you, I don't know if you've seen the comments, but uh, those who are listening don't have the advantage of, of seeing the awesome <laughs> feedback if I can get. So Mia said, Mike Halton wrote two blogs during this interview about blogs. <laughs> and Scott said, and already repurposed 10 different ways and posted to 10 different social media accounts. Yeah. So you'll have to check that out. <laughs> we get off here. And those of you who are listening on the replay or watching on YouTube, you can uh, come to the Powers of Marketing Facebook page and check out the all of the chatter. Super fun. Okay, so what would you say? And again, I know it, behind a lot of this is like, it all depends. And I get that. What would an idea? What would an ideal frequency be in your estimation for oh, posting a blog? I post? love this question. You know, so you know, how often should I blog? Right. Right. You know, how often should I publish content if you're not really blogging, you're creating content for your business? And keep in mind that content, it can be blog posts, it can be articles, it can be FAQs, you know, all those kinds of things. And I'm going to give you a data driven answer. So HubSpot, who most of us know, did a, a survey a few years ago. It's been a little while now, but they were looking at large companies who've been publishing for a while, and they wanted them to go into their analytics and look at how often they've been publishing for how long and correlate that with the amount of traffic, leads, and sales that they were getting. And as a result of that study, they found that most businesses on average began to see an exponential increase in traffic, leads, and sales after about 50 posts. So if you think about it, you publish your first time, you're going to get a little bit of traffic. You publish a second time, that post starts to get a little traffic. And your traffic levels will generally start to increase over time. But once you hit about 50, the theory is that's about the time that the Google spiders and search engine algorithms and so on are really getting to understand you. And you're creating a nice amount of authority and you're creating some backlinks and you're also learning more and more about yourself. You're becoming a better blogger, better content creator and so on. And the quality's there. So at that point, now you're going to see a lot of traffic leads and sales. So here's the answer to your question. How long do you want to wait before you get to that moment? Ah. You want to wait a year? Okay, then you can publish once a week. If you don't want to wait a year to see really good exponential results out of your content marketing, then you probably need to publish more frequently. Now, what we're talking about is going from zero to 50 plus, right? Most of the people watching today, they've already got some content. I mean, Mia's been blogging, travel blogging for a long time. She's got a ton of content. But other people, you know, we're talking about, you know, starting from zero, Publish two or three times a week if you can. You're, you're going to become a better marketer and a better writer as a result. Now, at some point, you won't have to publish that often. Right. So thankful me is here because she's known me for a long time. And I've had the privilege of being able to kind of demonstrate my authority and build a reputation with people like Mia over the years. She knows me as a prolific writer 
and someone who's published a lot, but I no longer publish at the frequency that I once did. I used to publish two, three times a day. That was, yeah, six to 12 times a week I would publish content, but that was a long time ago, back before I had any clients. So I had a lot of time on my hands. I don't publish that often anymore. I'm still getting traffic whether I publish or not because I have that library of content already. Wow. Okay. So I wonder though, okay, well, how long were those posts, generally speaking? Well, back then they were short. They were were, were really short and which is not a good idea often, right? They were like 250 to 500 words on average, but those are the posts that don't tend to have a lot of long-term value because in 500 words, what can I really answer? I might be able to answer one question briefly. I can't go into depth. I can't go into detail. Before the call, we were talking about that DSL article that I, gosh, I think it's probably eight, 10,000 words. I don't know. But it's intense and it's everything you ever want to know about how to set up a DSLR camera as a webcam and as a live streaming device. It's everything you'd want to know. I couldn't have done that in 500 words, but I also wouldn't have had the experience and the expertise 10 years ago to write that article. So a lot of that just comes with time and experience. Right. So I have a friend in the meeting and events industry who's had the event manager blog for 12 years. He started creating less content and all of his views went up. So I find that to be really interesting because I think he, at a certain point, you start competing against yourself, right? Um, so. Yeah. And I would imagine that when he's creating less content, the content that he is creating is better. He's probably spending more time instead of a 500 word post, it's a 1200 word post. Instead of a 1500 word post, it's now a 3000 plus word article that just really dives into that particular topic and shares, you know, so much more experience. And the other kind of intangible thing that I've already mentioned a couple of times is that he's a better writer today than he was two years ago. I guarantee it. For sure. And I, I'm a writer and I, I need to read more and I need to write more because good mm-hmm. writers are readers. And yeah, these are all things, again, Kool-Aid. I'm always reminded of I need to drink I'm, I'm from the train. <laughs> writers write. Writers write. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. So we're getting, cl- we're getting close to time, <laughs> but you, this, that's a, a good segue to a question I had about long form blog format. Like how many words is now, are they saying is the ideal length for a post other than long enough to get your point across or long yeah, enough I to don't teach know about something? Today, I'll tell you, okay. you need as many words as it takes to answer the question. Right. Better than everybody else. Okay. That's the caveat. What we're trying to go for is better than everybody else. Rand Fishkin used uh, this term, and I kind of stole it from my presentations, 10x, right? I want the thing that I do to be 10 times better than what the competition is. So if I go to a Google search and I'm thinking about writing about a particular topic and I'm looking, I don't do this all the time, but every once in a while, it's, it's a good exercise. Look at what is already ranking for whatever it is that you want to write about, whatever it is that's, you know, that people are asking that you think you need to have that content and make sure that whatever you're going to create, it it doesn't duplicate. Obviously, you certainly don't want to copy, but it's better. Automatically, it's going to be different because you should be coming from your own perspective. But go into that topic more, provide more examples, you know, be more helpful, be more approachable. One of the best, most touching comments that I've ever received on any of my content was one where they basically just said how much they appreciated that I made what this topic, I don't remember what it was, easy to understand, 
Right. And I talk about something that's not super, super tech. I mean, social media is not like super high tech. I'm not talking about, you know, rocket science, but there's some tech involved here. You know, we can talk, go into HTML, we can go into Google Analytics and that kind of thing. I make it apparently easy to understand. And so that's a value that I bring in a way that my content ends up being better than everybody else's. But to give a very specific answer to your question, if somebody really wants to know a word count, I usually recommend that we try to stick to around 1,250 words for most of our content. I actually divide it into three different buckets. The content that I started writing, those 250 to 500 word articles, <laughs> articles isn't even the right word. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. These are not articles. I call them cheater posts. Okay. There's not much there. Right. There's just a little bit of content. And most of the time I'm like embedding a YouTube video and introducing it. There's nothing wrong with that per se. It's not a bad thing to do, but you don't want all of your content to be that way for most industries. The average piece of content that you write should probably be around 1,250 words or more. What I want to encourage everybody to think about is how they can create 2,500 plus word articles at least once a quarter. Because if you go into that level of detail, that kind of depth, on a particular article. It's the kind of thing that people are going to come back to over and over again, like the article that we've already talked about two or three times in this call. Right. That is a pillar post for your business. It's the kind of article that drives tremendous amounts of traffic and that traffic converts into business results. Right. And you can repurpose that and pull quotes out of it, create great social graphics and, and all that kind of stuff and for the different platforms. And yeah, if it's evergreen as it Mm -hmm. Ideally, that's going to be that kind of a post is going to be evergreen, right? It's not going to be timely, like about how Facebook just changed how they're running their business manager or whatever, because that it's going to change yeah. again in three months. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I always have, a, I have a, like kind of a hard time with hardbound books on social mm -hmm. for that very reason. Like it's just some of it's by its nature. Social, but we're trying to make it evergreen. We're trying. Future proof. To try to future-proof it as much as possible, but it's impossible, right? But anyway, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, if I had a deal to write a book, I would do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and can you talk about that? Do you want to give a little? Yeah, no? absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know all my co-authors. It's with the 360 Marketing Squad. So Jen and Stephanie, Amanda, and I, plus Jen's co-author, Eric Butel, from her Instagram for Dummies books, we're writing kind of a complete guide to social media. It'll be out next year. And it's it's a really beautiful thing because we get to divide up the work. So I don't have to write 20 chapters. You know, everyone's chipping in, everyone's helping out. We're trying to make it as evergreen as possible. Obviously, there'll be some things that's, you know, yes. three days after we publish it. <laughs> like, yeah. dang it, the yeah. screenshot's wrong or that thing is wrong. Uh -huh. But it'll be a lot of you know good strategic advice that's going to be a little more lasting. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, I did. I talked to Amanda about that. So I was kind of like, tease, getting you to pull, pull that out of you. And for that matter, you having you on today rounds out having all four from the 360 Marketing Squad on Making a Marketer. So Yay. Jen was on the first one. And then Amanda's been on a few times and Stephanie's been on a couple times. So, all right. Awesome. So, okay. Last and final, what is your, what's the latest tech gadget app, whatever thing that you're hot on that people should know about they might not know oh the latest tech or app hmm well that's a good question uh, I, I should have given it to you in advance hey <laughs> no that's okay i don't mind you know yeah. like blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, for a second but hmm i guess the best example that i can give off the top of my head is Streamyard, which i'm now using we talked about this before the show too i'm using to broadcast agora pulse's weekly show 
So for those who don't know, we're broadcasting live to Facebook right now using BeLive, which is another streaming service. Uh, and I've been using Ecamm for a long time and I love Ecamm. But I wanted to try out StreamYard because kind of like BeLive, all the guests and the hosts come into the web service. So I don't have to use Skype or Zoom or something like that to bring in guests. And that was really important to me because I'm managing this weekly show where the whole point is to interview a guest, just like we're doing here. And they're very high profile guests. And it's my job to make sure that that works really flawlessly. So I started using Streamlab a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed it. Within a couple of days, I had all the branding set. I duplicated everything we've been doing on the show before that, including an intro video and everything. And so I've been really pleased with that. It not only gave us the ability to stream to Facebook, but we're multicasting to YouTube and Periscope. And I'm even toying with streaming Instagram by incorporating Lula TV. So I like it. It's fun. Huh. Cool. Well, that's a great tip. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to check it out since I haven't gone on the eCam thing yet. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> She's still watching. <laughs> oh, it's come up a couple of times on the show. Um, <laughs> all right. So what's the best place for people to find you? Well, Blogging Brute, ironically, is the best place. And okay. just a, a quick story. I was the social media hat, and I still have, have the social media hat before last year. But one of the things I noticed at the social media hat was that all of my content about blogging would be published to die. Didn't get any traffic on that site. And I didn't understand that at first because I knew, based on my experience, that I was creating really good content. My other issue was that because I've been doing social for so long, my handles are different everywhere. I'm facebook.com slash Alton. I'm Instagram, or I was Instagram M Alton, and Google Plus was Mike Alton. It was just, it's crazy. Yeah. So I migrated all that content to a new domain. I created the blocking brute. And instead of 250 page views, a month. Now it's getting 300 plus page views a day because it's concentrated. I niched down and all that content's focused on blogging and the domain and the whole site is all about blogging. And then I was able to change all my social profiles to match. So Twitter, Facebook, oh, Instagram, okay. wherever, you know, wherever your fancy is, you can find blogging brute. Oh, right on. Okay. Fabulous. Well, I am so appreciative of you making time for the Making Your Marketer podcast. I know that this is like a precursor. We'll have to have you back for a longer show. And then um, Jen Cole can also badger you for an hour, <laughs> my co-host. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So thank you to those of you who watched this live. Mia, Scott, Rebecca, Stephanie, Brandon, love it. So much engagement. And I tried to not get distracted, but also try to comment back on some of them. So you'll have to check it out. And if you're rewatching this on YouTube or on Facebook, thank you so much. And for those of you listening on the podcast, we appreciate you more than you know. So this has been episode 43 of Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next time.